All right, well, welcome to a, a final bowl of dude soup. But even when you get it, it's not as conclusive as you thought. Uh, I am your host, Lawrence Sontag. I promise that intro will make sense in a little bit. I'm joined by James Willems. How are you, James? Hi, I'm well. Uh, joined by Congo expert Adam Kovic. Hello. I'm also here. And uh, banana expert Bruce Green. How are you, Bruce? Uh, I'm very. I'm a little tired, but do it, very well. Do a sign language. Yeah. Amy, love you. Amy, <laughs> miss. Amy, drink martini. Uh, for our audio-only <laughs> listeners, Bruce is doing excellent hand sign language right well, now. Well, that's what Amy does. Sure. Yeah, Amy. I just, you know, audio-friendly audio show. You gotta, no, no, absolutely. Yeah. You got to keep in mind the visual. Oh, man. You got to watch all, all these action. clips, all these Congo clips. Damn. Look at the numbers. Unknown species. It's like code. What? Uh, oh, cool. It's like wait, the Matrix. Oh, sort by Laura Linney. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I get it in time? Screen. No, you of. got best ah, of screens. Ah, damn you. Take that annotation. Oh, well. Uh, hey, we're back. We're back. We're back on the set, which is everyone's favorite setting for the podcast. It's always so hot out here. Yeah, it's it's, it's balmy. It's balmy. It's uncomfortable. But boy, do we have some good microphones. <laughs> hey, hey, they paid to see us sweat. Watch <laughs> us here sweat. We are. Uh, no paid anything. It's. I mean, as long as you don't move, it gets Omar. To be, Omar it's gets okay. to be eighty-five over time. Yeah, over podcast. time it builds. I'm sure it's well. The room that sounds in. wonderful. Yeah, that sounds fantastic, yeah. man. That sounds great. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw move. this on here. I don't know what this is. And Half-Life Two meets Gmod. Who cares? Perfect. Uh, I guess first introductory topic. Well, you know, monkeys—they're cool. But right. we got to—we got to keep. Did Church you call out the sponsors? Separate. Sorry, no, I didn't. Thank you. There we go. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Casper and Blue Apron. Ooh. Uh, thank you, Casper, for supporting Dude Soup. For fifty dollars off any mattress, go to Casper.com/slash/DudeSoup and enter promo code DudeSoup. And you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Going to blapron.com slash soup. So thank you, sponsors. Just got signed out of my account. That's cool. Why are we looking at Half-Life? I'm glad you asked, Adam. There's actually a... Sorry, it's hard to type with a microphone on my face. There's a... Probably going to have to two-step it. Nope. So there was an interview with Mark Laidlaw, uh, who freshly has left Valve, uh, one of the lead writers that they had. Um, this is from Arcade Attack. They conducted the interview. But I think the, uh, the interview has a lot of great tidbits about... about what writing for games is, what it means. I think most topically, he was pretty uh, he was pretty forward with what a Half Life Three would have been, or an Episode Three had it ever been made. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a bit of there's a bit of talking here. Uh, I know that I'm I'm going to try my best to not talk so much, but there's a bit of a brick of text. But it's interesting, so just ask your patience while we get through it, and while they boy they fuck with some portagons in this video. Anyway. Yeah, lay, lay it on me. I'm. I'm Curious to hear what Mark said. Yeah, so uh, here's the question from Arcade Attack. Do you have any idea whether Half-Life 3 will ever be released, and would you be willing to work on this title? Mark's reply, no idea, and I have no interest in going back. I had ideas for Episode 3. They were all supposed to take the series to a point where I could step away from it and leave it to the next generation. I had hoped for a reset between Half-Life 2 and Half-Life 3 that was as dramatic as the shift between Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2. I honestly don't know if anyone else has shared this goal, but it seemed important to me to give ultimate freedom to whoever inherited the series with my own personal set of loose ends tied up to my satisfaction. Unfortunately, I was not able to do that. But I never thought as far ahead as Half-Life 3 unless you were to say that Half-Life 3 and Episode 3 were the same thing. <laughs> I will say that I expected every installment would end without resolution forever and ever. <laughs> there, was some good, there was some rumor going on around that Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 would end Gordon Freeman's story, and I don't think that was accurate. My intention was that Episode 3 would simply tie up the plot threads that were particular to Half-Life 2, but it would still end like Half-Life 1 and Half-Life 2 with Gordon in an indeterminate space on hold, waiting for the next game to begin. So one cliffhanger after another. Uh, what sounds, does that have sounds to, unsatisfying. But how, is that, how does that relate to what that cancer kid saw? 
Yeah, the cancer in the snow, right? He was in snow. Oh, the borealis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't done my research there, James, and I do mm, apologize. Okay. I, I mm. came underprepared. Uh-huh. Yeah, Gabe had Half Life three on a laptop, and yep. he played through the whole game for him, or he showed, whatever. He showed the cancer kid. Gosh, yeah. if only I it was in VR. And, oh yeah, it was in VR too. Man, <laughs> the lights went down, and when they that, came up, Half Life three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably the closest to what seeing another Half Life, like or a Portal or anything, will get. Right? It's gonna be some VR demo. Oh, we kind of got that. Maybe with, we got that with the Vive one. Is like, oh, Glados is here. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like a. It was. It felt like a like a haunted house. Sort of thing, or like a like a Disney attraction. I, cool. Yeah, I guess for me, uh, I certainly understand having some like narrative blue balls at the end of Half Life Episode Two. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is this there is this interesting assumption I think that goes on that that when somebody makes a story as, as gripping as Half Life or Harry Potter or whatever, that there's something more divine than someone just sitting down and making it up, because that's what a fiction is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, there's always this assumption that the story is there in its complete and pristine form. There is some golden manuscript that tells you the conclusive and satisfying end of Gordon Freeman. But no, it was just some dude sitting at laptops writing out a story. And also it was a product, so it had to be open-ended. Because who knows how many Half-Life games they were going to make. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating because I think there are people who believe that there is a perfect Half-Life ending out there that never got made for one reason or another. Truth is, it never existed because they never worked on it. Yeah, they never, <laughs> it's just they never not wrote there. It. Yeah. yeah, there's not much you can do. Oh, it's funny to think anyone would think like, "I want to know the end of Gordon's tale." It's like the character never says a word, mm-hmm. and I mean, I guess he like he has a degree from MIT. Like, okay, that's the backstory that you've that someone told you, and then you filled in the blanks of your head because it is a it's just a husk. But G Man's his father. Sure. It's Could like, be. Oh, I'm like you. You fill in the blanks yourself, right? And you go, okay. This is. It's sort of like it's a, most video games. Like this is how, this is how you identify with it. Is you fill the you fill in the blanks as yourself, and like, oh, it was me experiencing these stories. But like, the the idea is that it is a video game, and that's you're supposed to. It's supposed to be something empty. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to be experiencing it yourself as the player. So there is no Gordon Freeman story. It's almost. It's weird. It's almost as though some people get confused about why they like it hmm. you know like they're like i need to finish this story when actually what they're thinking is i had fun playing that mm-hmm. you know or i had fun messing with the physics or i really liked that it created like led to things like gmod and and crazy wacky videos mm-hmm. I, I feel like sometimes not in every case some people are truly invested in the story but in a lot of cases people just think like that there's like i'm just interested in these things and i want to experience that more and again but that doesn't necessarily mean that if they make a definitive end to the series, it's going to satisfy that itch for you. I, I was going to say, that said, I, I really think that there is, I think there is a satisfying ending or even another chapter in this tale. And it's kind of like, you've been saying it for a while. It's like, well, let the fans do it or let yeah. somebody else that wants to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be Valve. Um, because it, with a story that kind of rings true, regard, like obviously the gameplay is, is practically perfect when it comes to Half-Life and Half-Life 2. At least back then it was. Um, there's there's something that does ring true with the story too that people identified with both. Um, and that's hard to find. That's a I think that's so. From a creator standpoint, if like for example, we get asked all the time to make a second part or a third part of some video that did really well and everybody loved, and I do feel a certain obligation to fulfill those things because if somebody wants it, I'd like to give it to them and ideally do it better Hmm. than the last time we did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know if Valve ever got to the point where they're like, well, we can do this better 
for Half-Life 3. Um, and maybe somebody will at some point, another developer. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I, I do think that there is something out there that could be done because, again, it's made by humans. What, what would so. you do? What would I do? Oh, boy, I haven't uh, thought of that. Yeah. They said, Valve oh. goes, you know what, hot shot? <laughs> here's, uh, here's, here's $40 million. Oh, man. You do whatever you want. How, how are you going to write the story? Who are you going to hire to write it? That's a that's so much pressure. Um, Trick question. You don't write it first. You now you need to get an engineer and well, some, you have yeah. to do gameplay and all that other stuff. Yeah, you got to use Source Four or whatever. Uh, I get what's his name, David S. Goyer, the guy that wrote Call of Duty. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. <laughs> and Suicide Squad right. and, Dar- and Dark Knight, I think too. Oh, yeah. oh boy. That's um, a big one. No, no, I, I I hadn't thought about it at all. Uh, you'll have to come back to me it's, once I've written a ten-page treatment. It's really weird when you deal with fiction mm. because. There's, you can, anyone out there, you, you have two sides of the same coin. One is a community that's so fervent that they can take what, what's been given to them, the husk of a story that's been given to them, and then theorize about all the possibilities that could, this goes for almost anything, Game of Thrones, anything. You could theorize so deeply into what is this meaning of this, what is this, like, stuff like that. But then none of it counts unless the actual creator tells them, okay, Mm-hmm. But it's weird. It's, it doesn't. There's no weight. It, it's yeah. fiction. It can be anything you really want it to be. Yeah. But so many people who have so much like creative motivation still, just for whatever reason, human beings still go like. But it doesn't count unless the actual creator says okay, and it's uh, has a blue check mark next to it. It's canon. Yeah. I I have no idea how game development works precisely, or especially how it works at Valve. But I ha- I can take a guess, and I think it goes something along the lines of this. All of us sit in a room, we come up with some really cool gun ideas and some cool weapons and some cool gameplay, things that we want to do. So let's go ahead and say airship and laser gun. I'm trying to think of something that doesn't isn't exactly like Wolfenstein where it cuts a hole. <laughs> like what's like a cool gun we could come up with? Oh, uh, let me think here. There's Maybe not so lasers. There, I'm just trying to think of a, a gun that hasn't been in Half-Life yet. I guess there was a laser one in the first what one. What about a gun that gives you cancer? Well, it's cancer so you, gun. with a bullet hits them and then they die from cancer. Okay. Like 30 All right. Years so later. there's the cancer Every time gun. Every hit somebody, it shows the. <laughs> so it's up in an airship. Hypercut so, of their, their. So now, now, now we have our stay. setting and we have our cool weapon: cancer gun. Okay. In airships. Airship. Got it. How does Gordon get to the airship to get the cancer gun? To then like like now we can write a story. That's the, yeah, that's the, the dog throws him. Yeah. They lower. Oh yeah, the, dog. Dog throws him up. I like and that. then that also gives us a reason to, ca- so because dog can't jump that high. Okay. So now dog mm. can't be in that area of the game. Wait, so dog can't throw you far enough, so you land, you end up going on this yep. side mission with side the, the bird people. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you yeah. land, you land on a bird person. Right. Oh. And so Gordon now has to fight for the bird people for five years, mm-hmm. and then they put him into bird sleep. Well, the combine is trying to take over the bird people. You never right. heard about them before, but they are. They were because well, you're stuck in City 17. This is City 18. Yeah. Oh no. One. Bird. Uh, Bird town. Bird apocalypse. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all the bird people, they had it real I mean, tough. We just free man show. Nest of spies. <laughs> we just made Half Life 3. We did it. <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's done. Why is that so hard, Valve? Well, it's uh, like you said, I think it is true that they get together and think about gameplay before they think about the story. Of course. Which to me, that makes it even more of a, gosh, that's a, even more of a huge task for writers to mm. be like, uh, all right, well, I've got this weird framework that may not have been in their head at all. And then they have to go. They have to use it, mm-hmm. um, which is so. To me, that speaks to the the genius of the guys that wrote Half Life yeah. One and Two. Mm-hmm. I um, think to James's point. Um, sorry to interrupt. You. No, no, please um, go. I, I think when when people say like like you you mentioned the first when they say oh I cared about the story I really like the story I want to see an ending to the story. 
the way that I always hear that in my head is I, I liked being Gordon Freeman in that world. And the story was interesting because you felt invested in the character because you got to express yourself as that character. You got to put the bricks on the plank of wood and then make a ramp. And you felt like you were in City 17. But I feel like, and this is mostly anecdotal, but for the games where people say that they love the story, there's typically that, that level of uh, subversion is the wrong word, but basically where you express yourself into a virtual environment and then you feel like you're in it. Therefore, all the story beats after that feel like they're happening to you mm -hmm. and not to some puppets on a screen. Um, so it's, it's interesting when people say they like the story of Half-Life. To me, that's more of a victory lap for the design, the yeah. levels, the guns, the sound effects, the music I would agree. than it is the words on the page that the actors read. Uh, <laughs> man, it just all comes back to Congo, doesn't it? <laughs> Jeez. Uh. Sorry, so somebody's spawning characters from Donkey Kong 64 into Half-Life. Yeah. Because we're watching Half-Life 3 right now. But it's Gmod. Yeah, it's yeah. Gmod Half-Life 3. This, I is guess. The, this is the best version of Half-Life I've ever seen. Yeah, it really mm -hmm. is. This is really cool. So many different things are happening. Well, we watched that uh, fan fiction, that Half-Life. Oh, man. Oh, full, full Life. Full Life Consequences? Full Life yeah, Consequences. pretty classic. <laughs> well, and I think we can all agree that that's not canon, but I did find <laughs> a canon ending online. Did you? I would like you guys' help in reproducing it. Hold on. Yay. Where did I? Oh, it's on this table. Hold on. Oh, sweet. So I've got four roles here. Um, no spoilers, but uh, but here's the cast list. We got G-Man, Gordon Freeman, Alex, and Narrator. Narrator is going to have the biggest work because you're going to have to read everything. So I don't know if anyone wants it's to opt like in. It's like a paragraph. It's, it's many paragraphs. Oh, it's just the one page? We as, can get through that's this. That's nothing. As, as somebody who has read... That's a the full page that's of the Half-Life 3 right there on one page? Yeah, this is the end of Half-Life 3. Yeah. I mean, it's not the whole thing, oh, Bruce. Okay, that would okay. take Mark, forever. Mark Laidlaw gave it to that cancer kid on his yeah. way out. Yeah. This is a table read of the end of Half-Life so 3, so we can all feel a little conclusion. All right. Pass that down, please. Another, do you want? Copy for I'll, you uh, I can read the narrator if you want. Okay, okay. great. Uh, I guess I'll take... <laughs> I'll take... I'll take G-Man. <laughs> let me hear your G-Man voice. And the G-Man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Sounds. That's okay. how he sounds. him. I was workshopping that in the bathroom. Mm. That's um, why I was gone for the hour. Nice. James, James, you want to be Gordon? Sure. I'll be Alex. Am I going to be saying a lot as Gordon? No, you aren't. Okay. I think you get one line. Got it. <laughs> I was saying, Bruce, is, Bruce has the bulk of the reading here. All right. Well, here we go. Okay. This is the end. End of Half-Life 3. The end. Yes, cool. the very end of it. Remember that uh, a lot, so many hours of gameplay and story... Uh, rich gameplay and story mm. led up to this in mm -hmm. this moment. Well, the um, bird people and the, the mm -hmm. airship. airships and the laser gun. Cancer, the, cancer, cancer, cancer gun. gun. Yeah, cancer gun. Okay. So uh, this is. Oh yeah, good call. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, um, what kind of music do we play in Half Life? Yeah, I, I think, Space. Half Life. I think the, um, the sunshine theme or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> in a house in a heartbeat. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's uh, sunshine theme. House in a heartbeat. Adagio. There's Adagio in D minor, or there's in a house and a heartbeat. Um, um, there's also the Inception theme, which is it, always perfect for anything. There's also something. Was it O oh, Fortuna, which is the. I think it's uh, called, yeah, Carmina. Uh, yeah. 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 Carmina Brano. Yeah. yeah, that one. Oh God. Okay. Is that coming through, Omar? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Great. Right. Okay. Cool. Here we go. Take it away. Uh, the end of Act Three of mm. Half Life Three. Gordon lay almost dead in the clutches of the G-Man. Now, good night, Mr. Freeman. The beast started to dig his claws into Gordon's belly. The talons easily cut through his armor and began to penetrate his skin. Gordon violently shook as unspeakable pain sliced through his torso. This is Alex. Oh, is Alex? Yeah. Hey, creepy guy. The G-Man drew his attention to Alex. With the portal gun in her hand, she shot a portal underneath his briefcase and next to her. The briefcase slipped through the portal and flew into Alex's waiting hands. 
There she stood with a case in her right hand and a primed grenade in the other. And she just had the portal gun. That's yeah. also not how the portals work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to leave my boyfriend alone. The G-Man watched in horror as Alex opened the briefcase. Blinding light escaped the case. Alex had no time to wonder about the strange light. She threw the grenade in and tossed the briefcase in the air. The monster shrieked as the case imploded, sending out a blue shockwave into the room. The wave threw Alex to the floor. In a rage, the G-Man felt a strange feeling pass over him. In seconds, the feeling was gone. A low guttural growl escaped the beast's lips as he as he put his focus on Alex. Then, the G-Man stood still. His eyes were wide, his mouth gaping open. He slowly looked down at his chest. A red crowbar was sticking in his heart, with Gordon Freeman pushing the hunk of metal deeper into the G-Man's chest. I now find my resignation! Gordon whispered the words in his enemy's face. <laughs> He then twisted the crowbar <laughs> and thrust the weapon deep into the cavity. The G-Man screamed as death finally started to spread through his body. <laughs> the oil skin started to jump out of his body. What? Uh, the creature's eyes burned deep red before turning stark white. The G-Man stood still yet again for a moment before falling onto his back. The crowbar Oops. still embedded in his chest. The G-Man had been defeated. Oh. Well done, Bruce. Wow. Well done, everyone. Look wow. what you could have had, Mark. <laughs> That's a, maybe that was written by Mark Laidlaw. Yeah. You ever think about that? Yeah. That every dream. Oh, hold on. James, that was a. I, I want to say your performance was easily the best. <laughs> Thank you. Easily the best. A lot of people, you know, they think Gordon is a silent protagonist. Yeah. But he speaks with his eyes, uh. and his eyes sound like the Mad Hatter <laughs> from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sombra is in Half Life. Oh, this sweet. Is great, yeah. She's a hacker. <laughs> God, okay. This is, this is amazing. There's two sombras. Perfect. Approaching my dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess for me and, and you guys sort of repeated it, it is it's when so much of your life is trafficked in the various canons, those those approach a level of like sacred they approach some weird sacred text yeah. type of status. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like maybe even though it robs the some of the magic, maybe some maybe a come to ver- come to earth moment is necessary where it's like, no, it's just just a couple of dudes with laptops, and they're making it all up as they go, sitting around writing a writing a story. It's escapism. Sure. It, we all we all we watch Game of Thrones and start to think like, I, I had a dumb moment. No spoilers from the you episode. You can spoil it. I don't there, care. There's a part with um, maybe the audience cares. There's a part with Sam. Uh, if you remember in the the last season, he goes to what, what town does he go to? Old town. He goes to old town. It's like one of the old. It's like the oldest city in uh, Westeros or whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's where all the books are and all the history of Westeros. And there's this part where he's with, um, uh, he's, it's, it's almost like a, a doctor slash scientist. is another maester. An apothecary? Kind of, yeah. But they're they're almost doing like science. He, they have a cadaver. He's cutting all the pieces out. And they're like, weigh that liver. And in my mind, they said, there's no science in this world. And I was like, wait, I don't know. And it, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fantasy land. It's all made up. It yeah, could be whatever not. the fuck they want. It's yep. interdimensional or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's all in someone's head. Uh, so... But that's the thing is we as viewers get so invested. We want this thing to be so real because ours because reality in a lot of ways sucks. It has Shrek. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, there's a lot of Shrek. Oh, I love Shrek. Oh, wow. Uh, You could trade your boring real life for a life in Shrek's world. Would you do it? Well, would you be guaranteed to be a pivotal character in that world? Or are you just some dude in Shrek land? Like just some dude in Shrek land. And you you don't even know whether or not you're going to be a fantasy character. You might just be a peasant. No, no, I would never trade that. We, we, Bruce and I, or we always, we always we talk about this. We get to live this. in a fantasy land, yeah, though. pretty much. Yeah, I was gonna say we we have so many 
good things. We have a lot of things that Kings didn't have. I'm pretty sure I've gone on this rant yep, before, but all the time. Uh, there's so many I mean, moments where I think where... This is the Jean-Claude precept. It's been established. Jean-Claude? The idea that, that no matter how far back you go and no matter how well you lived 300 years ago, being a normal person today is way better than that. Oh, I see. Well, like when you're in a plane. That was Dolph Lundgren. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize. Our, our thing was a Dolph Lundgren. Oh, my God. I fucked it up. Yeah, I'm so you sorry. Really that was fine. That. No, no. We'd, well, that's the thing is we'd all be Jean-Claude in a heartbeat because he lived many lives. <laughs> but would you be Dolph? Anyway, we Dolph, don't need to Dolph, get back into that. Dolph, I think, was just very... The, the reason we picked Dolph was yeah. it, it was just kind of middle of the road. Well, like It's a, it's a complicated... Never, never, yeah. yeah. He never hit A-list. Neither did Jean-Claude. He was never A-list. He was time cop. I listened. I listened to the Bloodsport theme, with the, cranked all the way up, and the windows rolled down, driving down the ten on Fourth cool. of July. It was the most American thing I've ever done. I I remember it's watching Kumite, it's a Chinese uh, tournament. You ever, you ever seen the movie uh, Adaptation? <laughs> Charlie Kaufman yeah. movie. Yeah. When there's got two Nick Cages, I was like, double impacted that first. They did. You're right. Idiots. There was two John Claudes. Like, he was like like tough. And then there was like simpleton. Here. But the, the main His difference was, was he had slick back hair and then oh the other one gosh. didn't. And what is this? This movie has two John claude Double impact, baby. He, Man, he finds he has a twin and he's not just to be as good confused, as Not to be confused with dragons. double team. Wait, 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 about, wait, 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 wait. That's, X, was, that's uh, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. What about yeah. X no. versus Sever? No. That's different. different. That's twin dragons. Wasn't that the Jackie Chan one where one's like a violin virtuoso and the other one's a, I don't know, who cares? I feel we're like talking that about was Jean-Claude before. Van Damme. I know, but in terms of like people meeting their twin and then having an action comedy romp. Wait, I, what about the, the Jet Li the one? It's totally different. Oh, that was and that, that was, was way well later, and they never teamed up because at the end, uh, Jet Li number two got sent to Dimension Prison, and mm -hmm. he said, "I I will be nobody's bitch," and nice. then he proceeded to fight the whole dimension. Yeah, that was on a good, top of a pyramid or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, double Impact. There's a moment where edgy Jean-Claude Van Damme gets jealous because soft and uh, loving Jean-Claude Van Damme goes and talks to a girl mm -hmm. that badass Jean-Claude Van Damme wants to like bang and he, he gets drunk and angry because of this vision he has in his head mm -hmm. and that's what they base the music video for Mr. Brightside on. Now you know. <laughs> Man, we're good at podcasts, you guys. Yeah, we are. See, really. I didn't you like can tell that's good Jean-Claude Van Damme because his hair isn't slick. Yeah. That's Bolo Young. Bolo Young, man. He Wait, got slim. Hold on, but where's where's bad Jean-Claude? He's probably out doing something else Yeah, because they couldn't, they actually weren't allowed to film the same scenes together. Oh, right. that makes sense. Because on set, they didn't get along. They didn't get along, right. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. He was a method actor. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which one had the bump? Or did they both? I think they both had the bump. Damn. But he's Not young, so you can't really see it as much. You yeah. Think, you think that when Jean-Claude got this part, he said to himself, I'm finally an established actor because I have to play two sides of one person? Yes. I bet he did. I, I think, think yeah. yeah, I think there was a point in the 90s where Jean-Claude Van Damme thought he was the biggest star on Earth. I mean, he wasn't. But, but, he right, but he thought he was. <laughs> he uh, he called Dennis Hopper and said, "I'm one of you now." <laughs> and, he, and he said, "My pizza's where?" Yeah. And then he hung up. <laughs> well, you know what, Jean Claude, at the end of the day, still had to go to sleep on a bed mm -hmm. like a normal man. He did. And today, you can afford probably similar levels of comfort with a Casper mattress. Uh, again, it's it's the Pharaoh idea. Pharaohs had to sleep on rocks. Today, we get Casper mattresses mm -hmm. in the mail. I don't know if the Pharaohs. That's absolutely what they did. Okay. That's what old people it was, do. It's just rocks. As good as a Casper they ate mattress. rocks, they slept True. on rocks, they made love to rocks. It's all rocks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the uh, Casper is basically, it's basically the most futuristic mattress you can buy because it comes vacuum sealed in a little mattress pod. And the second they pop the seal on that thing, that mattress will explode. Not in a bad way. It's actually pretty fun. I opened it in a narrow hallway and it was, <laughs> it felt like a Bond escape room trying to get out of That's that thing. That's awesome. Uh, but it's, it's engineered to meet the Goldilocks standard of just right, which to me conjures up an image of a bunch of people in lab coats with Goldilocks meters on mattresses. 
but it hits right in the Goldilocks window, so it's good, good stuff. Uh, they also offer free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day window, which is a long time. So the idea is most mattresses, if you buy them, you can't really return them if a week later you find out you're getting back pain or something like that. 100 days is plenty of time to figure out over a long amount of time if a Casper mattress is going to be good for you or not. So it's essentially you can get it, try it out, and if you like it, you can keep it. If you don't, uh, full refund. You can also save an additional $50 towards a mattress, mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash dudesoup and using promo code dudesoup. So you got $50 off, 100-day return period, and a space-age mattress. What's there to not like, aside from the fact that it doesn't come when delivered by Jean-Claude? But it might. I don't want to say it's not. It might. Depend. We don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he I don't know be, what he's doing. He might, might deliver your mattress. Might be delivery Get a Casper mattress today. Go to casper.com slash dudesoup and use promo code dudesoup for $50 off. Thank you, Casper, for your sponsorship of Dudesoup. James and I saw when that guy, you see when he snapped that guy's neck? He was supposed to be dead. Yeah. And the guy, as he dropped him, he like blinked and his mouth moved. <laughs> and he that's the bra- that, but that's the brain. <laughs> the brain, it, you sever it from the from the neck down uh-huh. when you snap the neck. Uh-huh. But then the brain cell is like, oh, is this where he, this is the best, this is the best scene in any martial arts film ever. Is what? this when Bolo Young fights the yeah. like young guy? I'm pretty sure. Does this when he it's, takes a shot to the balls and doesn't even care? Or wait, no, he, he no, no, no. Reads balls. This is this is balls in this. The thing. most humiliating death any any competitor, any martial artist has ever suffered in a martial arts film. It's amazing. So Bolo Young, shout out to him by the way. Bolo Young is for legit. being on steroids in a time <laughs> when he didn't have to be because he was Chinese. He was Chinese and a martial artist. But watch what he does to this dude because it's just fantastic. I saw this as a kid and I was like, Bolo Young is the greatest is the greatest character in all movies. Oh no! No, not this one. Don't oh, worry. No. He goes. He goes from levels of humiliation, Um, and then uh, he figures out the ultimate way to humiliate a grown man. When when Bruce was talking about (laughs) the guy, the one take wonder who like fucked up when he fell, I always thought about that. Like today, when you make a film, you've got the 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 fifty five inch monitor and six people watching, and they went, uh, a moth went by. Can we reshoot that? Mm. Back then, they shot and went, how how did it look? And one guy went. I don't know. Yeah. Watch him. He picks oh. him up like a baby. <laughs> He's like, no, not like this. Not like this. Oh, Please, not in, like this. I don't cr- want to die like a baby. And oh. then he dies like a baby. He, he snaps, snaps his in spine half? in the old, the, the classic baby hold. I love that, man. I was dying He's as a kid when I saw this. Oh, no. Because wow. the guy's like, I don't want to die like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bolo Young is the best. Oh, Brandon Lee? What? When did he fight Bolo Young? I, I haven't fought Bolo Young. I hadn't seen any like Brandon Lee movies, and I feel terrible. Uh, the Crow. I saw like three three quarters of it. Yeah, it's not a great movie. <laughs> How it's rad, dare though. you? No, it's it's fucking it's rad. It's enough. It's got like sweet goth industrial music. I'm on board. If man. you watch The Crow and you you say, "Oh my God, this movie existed before Hot Topic," then yeah. it's like yeah, it's kind of like wow. It's groundbreaking. Yeah. Occasionally, um, a movie will like weaponize an entire like rising subculture. Yep. Like The Matrix with stupid cyberpunk shit. Yeah. Put a nail in it. I'm not saying in a good way, but they made a whole merch wave off of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I need to rewatch it. I just remember it being very dark. I mean, like, I the can't, crow? I can't yeah. See it is. Oh, you mean visually dark? Like, yeah, it's just okay. a very dark movie. Well, I can't see it's shit. It's kind of like knockoff Tim Burton. Like, the mm. city is vibrant and alive, but shittier yeah. than every yeah. Tim Burton city ever is. Right. It is. It oh, is. man. I love Bolo Young. How does he, where does he get his suits made? He's know. so big. I was going to say he's tailored. big, but he, I think he's short, right? Yeah, he's probably like five foot two. Yeah, I think he's really, really I mean, short. more power to him. Hey, sure, sure, sure. That's less frame to build. So he's one of those that guys. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know his name. When you guys mentioned oh, yeah. Bolo Young, I was well, like, Well, you know Chun Lee. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who? Bloodsport. He was oh, too oh, neat. Oh, oh, but, but I don't know. I didn't know his name. Oh no, Bolo. Bolo. See that that's embarrassing Bruh. for him though, because he uh -oh. did the party foul. He What's activated, that? He, activated he took a punch from me. Brandon Lee. Uh oh, it's on now. Hell now they know yeah. it's on. I like where this podcast is going. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just us watching, watching, watching Bolo Young clips. Uh, well, What's um, next? action films are a lot like, I think, the way video games are made. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people sit around and go, we have a lot of yeah. cool action ideas. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do we string them Write a movie Yeah, absolutely. It. It's your job, even with a willing audience, to not be so stupid that you break their dis suspension of disbelief. Mm -hmm. That's hard to do. It's very... <laughs> It's weird because they're a willing participant, but still you have to come up with reasons that people are just going to haul off and fight each other in a crowded right. restaurant. Oh, I, I think there's two sides of it. There's the John Wick side where you go, oh, oh wow, what a pretty compelling movie. Interesting storyline. I actually care what this guy's doing. And Ooh. then there's the ninja series that Lawrence likes where I think a guy literally digs up a ninja costume in the woods and says, my turn. And then. <laughs> no, I am a ninja. I, for, a ninja. I can't for the life of me remember Ooh, what story. Put him down there. in that chair. Oh. I'm going to start doing that when I see people. Man, I flicked my I flicked my th fingers so hard that it popped my thumb. He didn't finger gun. Don't you finger gun? He did this. He pointed. You're right. I sorry. Mm. I that's this is why I'm not a professional, and Brandon Lee is to this day. Whoa. Wow. No, mm. Brandon Lee was going to be the next big thing. I really think he was on the cusp of being the next he was. Big, big thing. thing. Absolutely, like uh, big like Jean Claude Van Damme or Dolph. He would have been. He would have been the '90s guy that we're talking about. Oh yeah, now. probably. Absolutely. Maybe. Yeah. He, he was. Absolutely. He was, oh, they go out and settle it like. See, they just the need alley. an excuse to go in an alley and throw what's the fist. What's the next topic, Lawrence? I feel like we could do this forever. Well, okay. Oh, so it actually forever. says Bolo Young chat. It does actually. <laughs> that is written. I did. I did write it in, but. Uh, I don't know. There, there was. I've seen a lot of discussion about net neutrality around. I don't want to get into the politi politicization of it. Mm -hmm. If anything, I just wanted to sort of lay out what net neutrality is and why you're maybe hearing a lot about it now. And that's all. Just leave it there. Oh. So, in case you guys are unfamiliar, net neutrality, as the term implies, is a precept by which all traffic on the internet must be treated equally. Which is to say, internet traffic is a lot like car traffic. It's a good way to think about it. So, there's Collisions, literal collisions of data. Um, and that means that data has to sometimes wait at a stoplight to get to you. Uh, so data, when you request it from a server, it goes through many routers to get to you. And at each one of those points, that router has to make a decision about what data goes first and where and how and to, to where. A lot of those decisions happen very quickly because it's all, hold on, that's a cool face. Oh, never mind. It was a cool face. I got to pick another one so I can keep going. Here we go. Brandon Lee fight scenes. Perfect. Um, so, for instance, we're watching this video now because a, some content distribution network for YouTube has identified that one of their data location centers around the planet is going to send it to us, and it's mapping it through various nodes around California. Um, that's how it happens now. If net neutrality goes away, because these, there was a 2015 legislation that basically tried to codify it, but that's slowly being undone uh, at the current moment. Uh, if that goes away, then suddenly those routers at every step don't have to treat all, all traffic equally. The company that owns the router can decide who gets what traffic first and from where. They can prioritize certain kinds of traffic over other kinds of traffic. Uh, so what does that mean for you or anyone else? Uh, that means that as a consumer, you will either, you're, you're like, your internet could be metered. So all of the, all the data that you spend watching YouTube videos or Netflix, that could be sectioned out apart from the other internet traffic you consume. And that means internet providers could say something like, well, you only get five gigs of Netflix this month. And if you want more, you have to buy another package. Something like that. Mm. To, a, to an extent, that already happens with mobile data because 
<laughs> because that wasn't regulated in the same way. What uh, what companies own the routers and stuff like that that manage the traffic? There's a lot of different ones. Um, like a good example of a company people wouldn't know. I got to be honest, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, okay. Usually that stuff's invisible. They so it's weird. It's it's my understanding, which is not absolute, but my understanding is it's like independent companies will make those distribution centers, and then AT and T and internet companies will strike deals with them to get traffic to flow through. So it's like somebody may build a power plant and then they sell that power to SoCal Edison or something like that. And SoCal Edison distributes it, bills for it and all that stuff. Um, and I apologize if any of that information is incorrect. That's just my, my layman understanding of it. Uh, there have been examples in the past where net neutrality has been violated and then the FCC would fine the relevant companies. Uh, so for example, this was in 2007. Uh, Comcast actually started throttling certain types of traffic. Uh, let's see here. It was it was file sharing stuff. So BitTorrent, eDonkey, Nutella. I mean, it's very 2007. But yeah. yeah. They, they were found to be actively monitoring and throttling that specific kind of traffic, violation of net neutrality standards, and they were fined by the FCC. Um, however, those regulations go away. Then that stuff is perfectly legal, which means depending on the kind of, of traffic you consume from the Internet, your experience could change dramatically or not at all. Um, right now, streaming video is just the resource hog. So my personal assumption is that uh, internet service providers would start metering and billing for that traffic specifically. Um, the other thing that I speculate is that uh, internet service providers would offer like a golden tier internet service, where no matter what, your traffic is prioritized in a tier above everyone else's. Mm -hmm. What yeah. if everyone has that? <laughs> then, then the internet service providers make a lot of money and do nothing yeah. else. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I remember seeing a chart of just basically showing, showing like, this is before net neutrality. This is without it, and it's certain things like, do you want access to uh, websites like Gmail? Well, that's going to cost you extra, and they'll they'll lock you out of specific. And it, right now, we live in this wonderful golden age of the wild west where it's just everything, and there's almost no restrictions, and that could be good and bad. But um, that's kind yeah. of what the internet was well, founded on, though. No, exactly. And I think I think it honestly, I, I'm of the personal mind that you just you let the people you let people figure it out. Yeah. You don't you don't get corporations involved to uh, figure out what is locked down and what how how things are priced. So yeah, I, what, I obviously support that. What could possibly be the benefit of removing regulations to to the best of the four of our understandings, other than a new opportunity for revenue streams for these companies. Uh, is oh, there okay. any sort of con like conceivable consumer benefit? I, mean, I, I was going to theorize, but you might know better. Maybe. Um, I, I think the, ease, the most direct benefit is if you can afford better internet, then now you can buy it because it will invent classes of internet users. And if you can okay. pay your way into a higher class, yeah. then you get a better experience. I think another potential experience is it is a legitimate problem now that like spam email occupies a shitload of bandwidth and streaming video. So if, you, if sometimes if it's like seven o'clock and you live in an apartment complex and the Internet's acting really fucked up, it may be because everyone around you is trying to stream Netflix mm -hmm. and whatever whatever bandwidth bottleneck between you and the Internet is really squeezing that. And maybe your packets are getting left behind or, or timing out things of that nature. So it is potentially possible that allowing internet service providers to individually track and throttle certain types of data may result in a smoother experience for you if you're playing a game or doing something low impact like loading a web page or something like that but odds are that it gets so sadly it gets politicized here's the weird thing 
for me, like it seems like stuff like that could be cool. The only problem is we still currently live in an age where if you live in this neighborhood, you have one option. And so it's not like it's not like the consumers can then spend their money on the internet service provider who's giving them the best access to the things that they want because ultimately you're not going to have any say in it either way. We like I don't have any say in the internet provider. Like I think yeah. you could do satellite or whatever mm -hmm. is in your neighborhood and owns your neighborhood. Sure, sure. So right. it's like like it's weird once you I get the, you know, let the consumers decide, but the problem is the consumers won't have any sort of ability to decide other than I want internet or no, kind of. I don't It's weird. Well, I think what Lawrence is saying is that if you pay for like, supposedly if you pay for a higher tier, then ideally your traffic gets prioritized. And also, apparently you get rid of, you kind of get rid of the noise of all the other traffic because if there's somebody who can't pay for Netflix but streaming, then they're off the internet. <laughs> they're off of that bandwidth. So then it supposedly frees up more bandwidth it's, for the people that are paying for it. Um, hmm. So that might be a conceivable benefit for the, for the well, consumer. It's weird because you created a society, he, human beings created a society that the internet is now a utility. Hmm. It is like the air you breathe. Power. It is, yeah. or the electricity that powers your home. But that's, you, you, know. Don't do that, you don't do that with any other utility. You don't go, oh, you want the good water? Yep. Well, that's going to cost you some more. Because it was like, well, what have you been giving me before? Before up until now, like, oh, that's, that's the sludge water. Yep. Mm -hmm. You got your upstairs neighbor's water. You get his stuff. That's why it was so cheap. Um, you don't, why would you, like, it's it's a strange, it's a strange thing we deal with, especially with uh, other types of media where they're like, oh, you want cable? The base package is $20 a month. I'm like, sweet. And they're like, well, why does it look like shit? Oh, you want HD? Yeah. like, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I want something that works on my TV and what uh, I believe the government deemed to be standard in like 2000 and fucking one. Um, why do I have to pay more for it to be in a, a normal picture? And like, well, it's, it's high definition. Like, that that has lost all meaning. I, I think I think the so the thing is, devil's advocate. It would be cool if people that could afford it could pay for a prioritized internet, so that those who can't afford internet at all can have access to it. But that's not, I know that's mm. not how any company <laughs> will ever make no, it. Like, uh, if I can pay more for economics right there. If I could pay, I know. It's, so, like, if I could pay more for internet so that way someone in like a low income neighborhood can get a hookup and like be able to like use the internet whenever someone on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world can ha then have access to the internet because I'm willing to pay more, then that's, that's kind of a cool oh, hidden no. benefit. That's the I don't opposite. trust any no. sort of company That's involved with running, like <laughs> giving access to the internet to do that That's based the, off their track record as companies that do that because they're not even really good no, at, at being internet companies at all. That's the opposite of net neutrality. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, it's basically like, you're swinging the whole other way. Yeah, I know. I'm um, just saying, like, down. like that's like economics. That's, this this person in Nigeria is not going to be streaming Netflix, so we're <laughs> we're just going to close that little piping there to them or whatever. Again, I know that's not the idea of it, but yeah. I'm just saying in terms of a being able to throttle here and give more access there and then mm. create tiers. That's the only thing. But I know that that would never come about. I also don't know how many people would be willing to volunteer for that. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, like that's that's people with, I think, disposable income or something like that. It's like if they're just having trouble paying for their cable bill, mm -hmm. they're not going to be like, yeah, I'll pay an extra 10 bucks a month oh, yeah. so that, you know, a uh, low income household can have Internet. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like the when you go to the grocery store, you want to donate a dollar to 
you know, a children's charity? And you're like, most of the time, no. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, that's, that's an interesting proposition, but I think it that's, becomes on how much money you have to spare, yep. really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think if, we're, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, it feels like we're at a crossroad, right? A bit. What's, yeah. it, what's gonna look like 15 years from now is, internet gonna be cheap and available for everyone will be treated like a government regulated utility or is it gonna be something controlled by corporations and only the the elite will have access to Pornhub? I hope not. I don't, I don't ever want that. That, I don't, that sounds to me like uh, when they wouldn't let uh, poor people or lower income people read or write. Oh yeah. I think I feel like the internet is something that everybody should have access to as much as they the, possibly can. The weird thing is that it's already, if we know, we know just in our small, small universe scale that if people have access to something and then you take it away, oh, yeah, it never works out yeah. good. It never works out. Um, First taste. Is it's free. the the reading thing only worked because they were like the next generation. We're not. They're not going to have any act. We're just going to make sure that we only know how to read. No one else is going to learn. So it's not like we made people forget how to read. Right. right. You know. Yeah. Um, so I. I do not encourage you to try and go and take that control from the consumers oh, and the no, people no, because no. you will have hell to pay on your hands. But yeah, that's, that's a that's going to be a big deal. I think if that yeah <laughs> that kind of stuff happens, like it's funny because Spectrum or Comcast or whatever other huge company is like, well, well now you need to pay more money, and all of them are like, but you're a billion dollar company. Yeah. What do you need more money for? Um, and I think that's a that's a valid question. Uh, to ask, you just go. Let's look at your books. Yeah. Did you did you profit last year? Are you able to pay for your employees right, and right. expand in the capabilities in which you need to? You did. Awesome. So, so why do you need more money? Yeah, it's I can't like afford communist. internet. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is that like it's not. I I like that's why I like the capitalist system because eventually the capitalists are like people will say no that's not what we want and they'll decide with their wallets mm-hmm. and then Comcast or Spectrum will be like, oh, fuck, well, I guess that's not going to work. But not when there are no competitors because it's all the same company. Well, there, I mean, there are competitors. That's the thing. There aren't many, but there yeah. are. But so. what, did, what did Comcast, Comcast bought Spectrum? Or Time um, Warner, which is now it Spectrum? A, yeah, it was uh, Time was, Warner. They just re- Yeah, and yeah. they rebranded as Spectrum. So yeah. if you go, fuck Comcast, I'm going Time Warner, like they're like, Okay, good luck. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, I mean, like, so gotcha. Both, they're both huge companies, but they're Comcast and Time Warner are separate. Um, so, who, I, I no one of them bought the other one. Yeah, it's, it was, well, it's Time Warner bought, uh, like, Charter and a bunch of other. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now they're Spectrum. Well, it's like, like what James is saying, or like most of us, we live in a neighborhood and they go, oh, here you go. So you have an option. Charter um, bought they, Time Warner Cable. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just. No, 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 go for it. Yeah. Page. Oh, um, yeah. So, Charter bought Time Warner the other way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so. ranked the second largest uh, behind but, Comcast. Right, but those aren't Comcast. So. Yeah, let's see here. What a chart. I, I'm just saying, like, when there's the perception mm. of choice, but yeah. it's all the same company. So you still have to deal with the same BS. Well, no, it, it's not. That's what I'm saying. Time Warner and, and Comcast are separate. Those mm-hmm. are two separate. But how companies. long until it all becomes one thing? Uh, right, exactly. Sure. And, and that's and that's the fear. Spectrum. Well, that's the supposedly law. There are laws. Second largest monopoly laws just behind Comcast. That are supposed to prevent. Those yeah, antitrust of, laws. Those sorts of things happening. Listen, but WWE the, bought WCW <laughs> and ECW. <laughs> so what's left? I was gonna say, well, TNA. Yeah, you, right. Were you happy with that decision or no? Uh, no, I mean I didn't care, but oh, okay. I remember people <laughs> were saying at the time, like, "Is this a monopoly on sports entertainment?" Yeah, but yeah. 
not to get too tinfoil hat about it, but one of the concerns is it's not necessarily not something so uh, as noticeable as you punch in YouTube.com and you see a giant screen saying, bram, bram, you didn't pay enough money. It's more like, let's say your charter or your Comcast. And there's news about how in the past you violated FCC rules or whatever. You just throttle any hits to that website. Mm. So somebody tries to go to it. It takes 10 seconds to load. They get bored and they leave. Holy shit. Instead of actually reading it or, you know, there, mm. there's definitely like an information warfare angle to it that people suspect that you're putting the distribution of information and, and what information gets distributed to whom and how Oof. and the power of corporations. And that's a little scary. That's super dangerous. <laughs> yeah. That's really dangerous. So that's, that, that is the, and, and like you guys were saying, in, in terms of determining how the internet will work for the next 50, 100 years, that's why people are freaking out about net neutrality. So uh, if, if you're curious about it, I encourage you to research it on your own. Come to your own conclusions. I don't want to lecture anybody. I'm sure the comments are filled with a lot of interesting opinions because sure. Um, there are there some topics that have been heavily pol politicized, but that one, most people on the internet seem to be like, yeah, we should keep it. We should keep it uh, diplomatic, democratic. That's the word. I agree. Um, yeah. On that note, uh, uh, not quite. Don't have a, don't have a segue banked up. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're. Wait, hold on. What, what, what did you, what was your sponsor? If you're using net neutrality to look up some, no, that's not going to work. Mm. Blue Apron sponsoring this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Blue Apron. Um, so. Given that we're in what, like season five of Blue Apron sponsorships, I gotta, I gotta mix it up a little. So in this week in adventures in my cooking, uh, I discovered something invaluable. These guys right here in my hands. So it's weird. Okay, so let, let me. But you let me cook walk you with your this. hands all the time. Yeah, I know, but I don't use them as effectively as I should. So I get, I get paranoid about cleanliness when I cook. Okay. Which I think is a good thing. You know, I try to keep everything clean. I keep my raw meats completely separate from everything else. I don't use, I don't like crossover knives. But I think I go a little too far with it because I found myself using tools for everything. So, for example, I had to strain some like vinegar out of cucumbers because I'm making pickles or whatever. I would use like a fork and like hold the tilt the bowl and pour out all the stuff. Uh, or if I had to like plate something, I would use utensils to pick it up off the pan and then put it on the plate. Sounds like OCD. There was a certain <laughs> point where I realized, wait a minute, if I'm washing my hands, my hands are as clean as these utensils. Mm -hmm. So as long as I'm not touching raw stuff and then touching something else, yeah. I can use my hands for all that yeah, stuff. Of course. I don't know why it never occurred to me. So <laughs> I was like doing that. And I was like, this is stupid. And then when I was straining the cucumbers, I just put my hand over it, dumped it out. It was done immediately. Uh, I had to plate stuff at the end. So I was making like turkey burgers. I just picked up the patty and put it on the thing. It's oddly liberating, man. No one ever told me this stuff. No. So I'm just slowly You're becoming a man. I do, yes. I do appreciate like, that you try to keep the food clean. <laughs> I just like I just like a giraffe. It somehow made, made, made it into adulthood but it never actually walked on its legs. And then it's like, finally stands up. It's like, oh my God, <gasps> it's, a whole it's so much easier to eat the leaves. Oh gosh, I'm so taller. <laughs> so Except taller. in this case, Lawrence is eating. Oh, I don't, I don't have the menu items. That's too easy. Oh. I, I, though I appreciate, I appreciate that the alley is all over it. No, I, uh, that's fine. typically that's what they want us to read, but the three of us, it's getting split it across every, every video. Yeah. yeah. So you guys yeah. blew up an all. We did bet. our last one last night. It's, Lawrence is right. It's fantastic. Again, my big thing is Blue Apron gets you to eat stuff that you would never, A, think you were capable of making and think to eat at home. Like, I had like a uh, shrimp pasta dish mm. and a, like Cajun chicken where I made my own coleslaw and then I'm probably tonight having steak tartines. Oh, those Ooh. are good. So it's like, uh, I, I would never think to do these things or attempt them. Lawrence was talking about, you made the pickles. Yeah. You did that thing? Well, it was it was a different, I think it was a different dish than the one you made. Was it the quick pickles though? No. It, oh, okay. So it was that, just a dressing for That was one though, but yeah, they, you like, they teach you how to make 
mother effing mm. pickles. Like it's well, language. I don't know. I know. <laughs> right. Sorry. But you can uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash soup. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash soup. And use your hands. Do it. Provided they're clean. We need Watch to do, those we things need, I keep, we say this every time we do an ad read, but it's like, we should do a cooking class or like yeah. some cooking video. Oh, we got to get, we got to get Blaybron to, to pay for that first. Oh, dude, it's, it's a fun thing. Even when you F up. Yeah. Um, it's still food. Yeah. As long as it's not burned. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've done that before. I burned some stuff and we still ate it. I was like, we saved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You little trash man. Can't throw anything away. No, I gotta eat it all. <laughs> I do too. I, I feel, I have never felt so bad. Than throwing away a blue apron meal because it's like I've, I've bought like a whole bunch of strawberries and eaten half of it and it goes bad I'm like well strawberries whatever there's something that seems extra tragic about getting all the pieces and just not even putting it together yeah it's like you can buy a bunch of wood and tell yourself I'm gonna build a house somehow that's less tragic than I don't know where the analogy is going with that well, buying a jigsaw puzzle and not putting it together I mean I I can't I cannot see food go to waste I just I feel like even if like, I'm not hungry I'm like well when will I eat again laptops get true you might die I might die yeah that's a, that's valid yeah. All right, next up, we got a new and we got a new console, boys. Atari's well, back. What? And better than ever. I heard you talking about this, and I didn't look it up because I, I wanted to wait. I thought that was yeah. a joke. It, I, no, it's yeah, kind of a joke. It's the Atari box, my dude. Whoa. This isn't oh, just this a fan is render. This is so sad. It is a 3D render. Wait, but from Atari? From Atari. What? Wait, look does, at all those ports. Why is like a so Chinese oil company on Atari now? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Infogrames about why Atari. Why is it so big? Because uh, that's it's supposed to classic the... Or it's supposed to channel the classic styling of the original Atari Twenty Six. But does it just play Atari games? I'm glad you asked, James. It does both. Um, so here's here's a note from the announce. Uh, quote: Inspired by classic Atari design elements, such as the iconic use of wood, ribbed lines, and raised back, we are creating a smooth design with ribs again ribs that flow seamlessly all around the body of the product. A front panel that can be either wood or glass. A front-facing logo, indicator lights that glow through the material. An array of new ports, HDMI, 4 times USB, SD. Mm -hmm. We intend to release two editions, a wood and black-red edition. As you can guess, these ports suggest modern internal specs. It also means that we will be able to deliver classic gaming content. We will also be delivering current gaming content. Wait, so is is New Atari games? It's a streaming box? Asteroids 2000? Is that what it is? It it sounds like a... Uh, like an Android box. It right? does sound like yeah, like a Ouya. PC or something. Yeah, yeah. you got trick kids. It's That's the, an Ouya. It's the Ouya. Now here's here's the real like Atari. They Atari game mention, store. Sorry. Is it like at, you get to access the games through the Atari oh, game store? They don't have anything nearly so so defined oh. ready to go. No, no, no. Uh, so let's see here. <laughs> Eurogamer followed up on this uh, via a French note to investors issued at the end of last month. Quote, to limit risk-taking, this product will initially be launched within the framework of a crowdfunding campaign. Oh, no. So can I give it money now? Mm-hmm. Uh, not yet. Ah, I, I mean, think they're throwing this out there to get people just, slavering just over them. send an envelope of money to Atari, the, the company. Yeah. Oh, okay. Infogram. Care of Atari. While, yeah. while you're there, fund my Half-Life 3 script. Yeah. Uh, we have another gun. Half-Life 3 exclusively on. on the Atari box. Yeah, whatever you want. Well, this I is love, it, though. It's just a 3D render. There's no specs. No I love boxes of things that I don't know what they do. Oh, just sure, take it. Wait, is, it, is, it, is there a crowdfunding campaign right, right now? Yeah, or not they, yet. So they, they said in an investor call that that's, that's going to be their plan, but that God. may have changed. May have changed in the meantime. So they didn't even make it. They just said, we plan on doing it. They yeah. hired somebody to do a design for them, and then they released They're going to the make screens. a pretty good amount of money, I would think. think? I think, that, I think they're gonna, mm. people are going to give them somewhere in the neighborhood of like half a million dollars. Really? It's as, I, I feel like we've already come around on the Atari. Have we? I feel like Atari missed their mark. Have they? People want Super Nintendos. They want oh. Shenmue. 
Okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, but Shenmue's still sooner than Atari. Atari Atari's for... from like what? What are you gonna get from it? No one, no one, no adult now has fond memories of their time uh, with their Atari. I, I think know. it's, we need it's ask, PC based. We need, yeah. You need to ask Omar. Oh, Omar. Omar, you getting one? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you don't Omar's know where it is yet, Omar. If Omar's think, not getting it, I think this is the same market that Chris Roberts tapped into yeah. for Star Citizen. A bunch of fifty-five-year-old men that have a lot of disposable income to give to a video game that's not real and buy a ship that's nowhere close to even a game for like $10,000. So maybe I think that Atari has a little bit of more of a right. leverage on the market, but maybe they don't. I would hope that they don't. People um, are just, I think they're referring to the people who wrote the song about the boys of summer. And they're <laughs> even wrong about that. <laughs> Look at those slick lines. Look at that wood it's grain. A 3D render. It's not real. It's real now. Atari. I will. I will give them this. Okay, the Atari logo is awesome. That's cool with the like the yeah. CRT barn door the, effect the, thing. The '80s are cool. Great on yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it looks great on t-shirt. Uh, the box. If that design does end up coming looking like that, it is sleek and it would look cool in a house. But if it costs more than twenty-five dollars, does this old girl have? Whoa! One point two million. I'm telling you, was that coming today? No, no. Comments oh, disabled. Yeah. It's been out for a month. Yeah. Here, wait. <laughs> do, do, do me a favor, Lawrence. Look up the. Um, Okay, it's spelled, it's the seed, but with three E's. Uh, RP LIDAR, that's R P L I D A R A 2. Uh, it's the thinnest LIDAR. What the hell are you talking about? Look it up. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, because Omar's always my barometer for like things that should be bought. Did yes. you find it? There it is, the LIDAR. What the hell is that? Does it detect lies? I don't know. So, uh, what does it, it do? Omar, are we buying it or not? You no, know, so this is. <laughs> Omar, <laughs> uh, Omar and I were both. Oh, is this the scanner thing? I don't know. Oh, oh no, this is that's the wrong one. It looks it to is. me like it's a, a laser, a laser detector. No, you need the RP lidar um, A2. Yeah, it looks like it scans a room. That's the 360 degree laser. Scan. So both both Omar and I are uh, we subscribe to this website called Massdrop, where they it's it's sort of like a, like a fries like deal of the week or whatever, but it's like it's never anything really. Oh. It's always just gaming chairs. It's a sensor for robots. Maybe. So like, so like a Roomba, basically. But this this was, it was one of the funniest emails I ever got because they're like, seed uh, RP LiDAR A2, the thinnest LiDAR. And I sent it to, uh, and then it's like, it costs $379. And I was like, oh. Omar, what is this? I know what those are. Those are the things from Prometheus that the guy sends <laughs> out so that way they can see what the tunnels look like. Yep. Yep. It, it was one of the funniest descriptions there because it's like, ideal for hobbyists and tinkerers. The seed RP LiDAR A2 is capable of simultaneous localization and mapping, 360 degree scanning, triangulation, 3D modeling, human interaction, and more. I'm like, but what is it? Someone huh? buys that, someone buys that, they scan their home and they're like, oh my God, I have a perfect, I know exactly what my home looks like from above. And the architect's holding the blueprints, he's like, <laughs> um, uh, suitable for indoor and outdoor environments, this slam-ready device oh. can be configured to specifications and integrated with external bots and gadgets. For more information on all the extent of its capabilities and performance, click here. I think that it's. I honestly think it's something that usually goes on a Roomba that will scan, like scan the room and tell it where to go, basically. But doesn't the Roomba do that? Well, no, um, the, the Roomba no, has a sensor yeah. that's similar to the LiDAR. Yeah, Bruce, it has a distance resolution less than that of 0.5. Shut up. Well, there you have it. Case closed. <laughs> Omar, are you buying one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's perfect for a battle bot. 0. 0.5. That's exactly you can't beat what, that. Yeah. Did you see the number? 0. 0.5. No, you said it was less than less than 0. 0.5. Oh, that. Well, that's even so better. That could be yeah. 0. 0.4. Yeah, small yeah. is better. It's better. It's like Boy. golf. I'm tired of all these like 0. 0.7. I just I just thought I had seen everything that had gone on sale. <laughs> no, they sell knives. You know, stuff. it's seen everything. And, the lidar. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was the first time this thing came up, and I'm like. I don't know if this is, and the more I read about it, the less I know. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it was just like perfect for triangulation and human interaction. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what Who? the fuck is this? Uh, right. Anyway, that, well, was, that was a fun story. Even though that's pretty hard net, and, uh, we got we to gotta officially put a stake in hard nets. No. Oh. So the previous winner, Sinclair Networks, the fake Facebook company that accidentally tripped into a landmine of uh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect DLC. Yeah. Uh, they were netting pretty hard. But this guy, Ivan Doran, sings oh notes. He had okay. an F6. Cool. All right. Omar, okay. is, the, is the audio on? Will people hear this? He's, look, he's looking up his LiDAR. This is important. So this is him really just, just okay. singing away. I want to hear it. So, okay, take us to the channel, please. Sure, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, look at that. Click the one on the left, far left. I think bottom, uh, middle. 25,000 views, that's great. The missing note. He's had a few viral hits. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> he was nowhere near it. He's <laughs> trying to hit those notes, man. <laughs> so... He, he has had a few like breakouts. He's got like a couple hundred thousand views videos, but most of them are like oh, this. I love How this shit. Week, so that was one it's week ago, two weeks ago. He's still pretty active. 26,000 views. So he's just trying to hit notes. <laughs> I don't think he knows how to sing. <laughs> so that's, that's one <laughs> of the... This is the most tone deaf human being in the world. That's one of the many things he does. I don't know. He's he's a nice. He seems like a nice guy. He he also did a video like Lord of the Rings relating uh, Lord of the Rings to the American Revolution. There are these two sex references in the Lord of the Rings that are I always shared like when you see, with uh, houses with boxes in the background. Yeah. Lots of papers. The second of which, which I found not found elsewhere. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff. Wait, is he going to sing it? No. He just, sometimes he just puts up interesting thoughts, witticisms. Oh. Okay. Do the sex sexual one. I changed is my it? mind. I'm against net neutrality. The ASMR is sexual. Oh yeah, I think I think he got and a bit of a falling from the ASMR crew because of his, his low sonority voice. Is that tingle your brain? Yeah. I mean, I just I love tingle something. What's the highest note we can all hit? That's good. That's a real high note. This is all low in some cases. <laughs> you sound like him. No, I cannot. The lowest note. Trying to have sex. Well, the trick is you sing uh, "Take on Me." I can't sing "Take on Me." It's really hard. Nice. That's not where it goes there. On a good day, I can just barely crackle out that. Take me. Oh. little Anyway. How many videos does he have? Uh, I think he posts daily. Let me see. It's starting to sound like the compies from Jurassic Park. Ooh. Uh, uh, um, uh, if you just search his name, 1.8 million views. How do I just just search his name, Ivan Doran? Just search and, and then it, then it'll, it'll tell show you. In, yeah in the search. It's kind of weird how oh. YouTube doesn't tell you how many videos someone yeah, has. It is weird. So wait, where? Just yeah. click there, and then he'll show up there. Oh, 195. Okay. Isn't that weird? That's how you figure weird. out video. this guy. I fucking love this guy. Okay. Yeah. I love him. He's pure. Well, he's uh, been doing it for a long time. That one was from four years ago. The other one's from last week. I love yeah. it. PewDiePie Brief, is related. I love it. Brief call out. Thank you, uh, Abshir Mohammed, for sending this to me. All right. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we can bring it to a vote. Who's netting <gasps> harder? Some, <gasps> some dorks on Facebook who <gasps> got fucked by the internet, or this dude just fucking slamming notes all across the keyboard up and down? Uh, Bruce, what do you think? Yes. I think he's absolutely hard netting. Much harder than I think a lot of our other contestants in the past few weeks. Okay, uh, right. I love Ivan. I love him. 
Uh, Adam, where do you, where do you fall? Um, I will vote for Ivan, and since Elise isn't here, I'll vote for her as well. Fair. She, she's voting for the, the Ooh, buff chicks again. <laughs> Wait, Groundhog Day preempted by a gopher. Watch it. That's wrong. Get out of here, January gopher. January 21st, <laughs> I believe. I love digital zones. the street from the Calgary Public Library had a um, Lawrence, I'll and phrase my answer equivalent of ground in a way I think we'll here, all apparently. understand. This guy seems to be very well fed. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. We all sound like raptors. <laughs> the raptor, you gotta, you gotta fold your tongue. No, he was talking about Groundhog Day. Oh, this one? Oh, yeah. Candy coated Candy almonds. almonds. Nice try, oh, Omar. He thought it was drugs. He's not gonna throw out that beautiful angel voice for nothing. <laughs> he doesn't love drugs, man. He loves candy coated almonds. Remember Mass when the raptors media. it went out? <laughs> Yeah. Of That's how was Ivan? Turn to the yeah. <laughs> Steven brought him in. He said, hey, we need Find a new unique sound for our Raptors. Can you do it for us, Ivan, Ivan? Mine. Yeah. It was 2002 and they had already done it. He was like, can you sing an F6? And he went, yeah. I don't even need to hear it first. <laughs> That's the one, yeah. This podcast is just Folks, ball. Just, just, somebody just rolled up to a red light with their windows what? down. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the rap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yep. Uh, Your intrepid, freedom-loving, investigative vlogger journalist cuts through the ice sugared layers of media. Exception to uncover the truth about the almond content of candy-covered almonds. See, he seems, he seems self-aware, at least a little bit. Entertainment content. I think that's MDMA, but that's cool. Does he cut the almonds in half and measure the candy coating? cents per hundred. Oh, is that what he does? Well, that's pretty scientific. People uh, with hair like that, I always wonder if they like actively go pull it out. out. What he needs to do, totally there just needs to be someone standing in that dark doorway to the right the whole time. Just every once in a while, just sort of peeking yeah. in, yeah. and like hiding back in the yeah. shadows. That man lives alone. Ivan, are you done? <laughs> Guaranteed. That's oh, the best geez. part. Yeah, I know. Well, Ivan Doran, congrats on hey. uh, netting as hard as you possibly that's, can. That's some hard net. We salute you. I love it. And we celebrate your work. I love it. And I think with that today, this week's Dude Soup is drawn to a close. Uh, if you're mm -hmm. watching live, please stay tuned for the post show. We got a lot of fan art this week because missed last week. Oh, yeah. Because of RTX. So that'll be fun to get through. If you're not watching live, watching on YouTube or watching at home, maybe check it out. It's at roostcheat.com. Uh, the full the URL is a little rough. Maybe I need to set up a URL shortener. Maybe that would help people yeah. try it out. Actually, used to have a, a semi semi policy of making like every fourth episode available to everybody. Oh yeah. You should rotate that back in. Why not? This would be a good one to do it on. Well, regardless, whether you're watching live at home in your car, being embarrassed by these sounds, or on YouTube, however you do it, I just want to extend a thank you for uh, letting us talk to you and listening to what we have to say. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's one of the cooler ways we get to interact with our fans by like reading the comments and resp responding to people. So appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with a post show very shortly. So thanks for watching, everybody. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>